Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And we had our first taste of football for the 2023 season with Carlton defeating Collingwood by 10 points in, look, it's just a practice match, um, but it was Mm -hmm. a lovely sunny day at Icon Park. So Lockie, I have to kick this off and ask this big question. Okay. Is the lid off? (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's actually how I was gonna I was gonna lead into it. I'm like the the lid is off, and I'm also like a little underwhelmed by yesterday as well. Yeah, even though it was a W. I don't know. Is your lid well and truly flying across the room? <laughs> no, my lid is well and truly still on. I don't think I got even Ugh. near the container that had the lid on it in the first place. Uh, it was just a practice game. I wasn't mm-hmm. getting too too excited, but it's obviously just great to be back. And so I guess I'll start this sure. before we get into the game itself. I guess Lucky. Was there anything in particular that you were looking for before the game did start, whether it was watching a particular player, part of our game style? What was it that you were sort of hoping to see or get out of the practice match mm. itself? Well, the first thing I was trying to get out of this practice match was some mingling with the Carlton community. <laughs> so I was bloody shattered when I messaged you and realized that the VFL curtain raiser was not a curtain raiser. It was after. <laughs> so I couldn't go. So I had extreme FOMO of you catching up with all the good uh, Twitter folk. So that was sad. Definitely. But the game itself, I mean, we knew we weren't going to be taking too much from this. I guess it was, Mm. I was looking for who is actually going to be on the park. Like, is there any other little Mm. injuries being managed that we aren't aware of or who do they feel is, is good to go? And I guess that who to the other side, who was going to be playing in the VFL team, like who might be that kind of Mm. step below that we might not be expecting. Um, I guess that, and then also just the positional thing. Doherty was a big one. Um, You know, who was going to get the wing time was something that people were thinking about. Mm. So, you know, those those Mm. questions were answered. Not to say that they're locked in for round one or anything. No, I totally agree. It's... It's the toughest thing. Like you, you want to go in, you you don't really care about the result too much, but when it's Collingwood, you kind of do. In in a oh, fact, like do. when it started to get close at the end, I think we're all going like, oh, look, it is preseason, but God, you just you still want to beat Collingwood. Like if there's one mm. team to, to beat, it's definitely them. And yeah, I think for me, it was really looking at the players I don't know. And it was kind of the same when mm. I went to one of the, the open trainings as well. Like I know what I'm getting from Cripper and the like, Harry, Charlie, all that. But it's yeah. the players I haven't necessarily seen at Carlton, the, the Ollie Hollands, the Blake Akers, you know, those kind of guys, Lucky Cow. Like, what are they like, particularly now we're coming up against, you know, an AFL opposition? How do they mingle at the level, particularly with that sort of Zach Williams injury and a few spots up for grabs? Yeah. What are they going to do? Is there is there anything to really grab from it? And I don't want to go too hard, you know, on them positively or negatively because it was, it was mm. one hit out and it didn't look like anyone was taking it ridiculously seriously but i think there was still some good takeaways so with that lucky yeah what excited you from that game and what were your sort of key takeaways mm, yeah it's good i think motlop was one for me yes. I, I i don't want to just be reiterating what i've seen from others on on socials after this but i guess he was one that mm. has been a lot of people's pick for like big improver he's hardly played yeah. could take that leap and while he wasn't hitting the scoreboard, it, it just the his the energy mm. that he was bringing was great. Getting up the ground, using the ball well, mm. um, I thought that was a really positive sign. And then, additionally, what kind of what you just touched on then, like Blake has proved that 
yes, he's going to be good yeah. to go around one. He's the best 22 guy. And then it proved to me as well that like Hollands and Cowan, mm. like they are definitely going to get a look in. Mm. May not be round one, but like they're definitely going to be able to have the impact this year like Motlop did last year. Yeah. Yeah, no, Motlop was definitely one of those standout players, as you said. He's been so hyped in his off-season, but what he showed was just those glimpses, and that's kind of the best thing you can take from those games is those little bits of passages of play where he's just using his speed and skill, and Mm. a bit's been spoken about his tank and ability to potentially maybe pinch hit in that midfield in a few years, and I think you kind of saw his ability to push high up from that high half-forward influence the contest and get the ball out for us and it's yep. been an issue that ball transition having that pace around the contest we know we've got kennedy hewitt cripper those hard contested guys but it's who's complementing that so i'm excited to see more of, of what we can get from motlop because we spoke mm. about it in our sort of season preview we we need these smalls to start to influence the contest to to kick more goals yep. and He's that one that everyone's kind of put their high hopes on. So it was good to get a little glimpse of that. And it was positive. It wasn't like there was all this hype for nothing. There was definitely mm. something good to come from that. And then, yeah, I think even now, like the, the biggest thing for me, particularly being at the game and being able to sort of see the full ground and see what th- that awful, slowly swinging camera wasn't being able to catch capture. <laughs> it wasn't in HD. And we'll get to the KO coverage at some stage. But oh, no. the, wing- the wingers were big for me. Like just the way that they were able to cover the ground. It was the the contrast from last season where it was kind of like O'Brien and Cottrell doing bits of it, but no one was really nailing it. Seeing like an acres out there and what he Mm. brings, it's clear, like you said, just the difference in what a seasoned player who knows what that role is can do. And then like Holland's again, just stand out. Like he was stand out for me in the open training, stand out again today. He always seems to be able able to find the ball. And I always think for a winger, like the big thing where you know that they're good and they're good at covering that ground is when you find them in like the back and forward pockets, because they've been able to run the whole way. And there were times Mm. where he was the deepest player that we actually had on the field in defense. And as soon as, you know, Collingwood won the ball and then we won it back it was immediately switched over to him and he was always there in space. And I thought O'Brien as well, another one that needs to get touched on. Like all three of those Mm. were excellent in being that outlet outside for when we were looking to transition the ball. And I think that was just a really big positive for me. Finally seeing some wingers in this team. Yeah, a hundred percent. No, I agree that that all kind of stuck out for me too. What about the kind of call them like fringe guys? Yeah. Did he, what? What did you think of like yeah, Ed Kerno? Good mm. to see him back again. Yes, Honey Plowman. Even mm. I thought did some good things. What were your takeaways from them? Mm. I think Ed Kerno was one that I've had a little bit in my sights. I think this off season where Sammy Walsh is obviously out for the first month or so, wondering who's yep. going to take that role. And and part of me in discussions with a few other people have we've been turned a little bit to maybe Ed Kerno plays a bit more of a role. We know he's hard running and maybe he does a bit more of the grunt work in that midfield to allow someone else another role on the outside. And Mm. I was pleasantly surprised with what we saw from him. And it's amazing the difference now that he's actually got a midfield around him. Like before when he had to be that ball winner, when he had to be the one distributing, you know, that's just not his strength. But now he's kind of an added bonus around that. And I had no issues at all with Ed Kerno. And if he plays games this year, I think we might be good for it. Like there was that moment where he was involved in a passage. I think it was to Motlop. And straight after we end up kicking the goal, he sprints straight over to Motlop, 
gets his mm-hmm. arms around him. And it's just those little culture yeah. aspects that I really like from Ed that kind of boost you up. So I did like to see that. Honey, going to be an interesting one. Hyped him up so much the past season. Last year sort yep. of fell flat. Looked good. Like, I don't want to overhype him again now because I, I don't think he had, like, the most exceptional game, but he probably showed yeah. signs of, of the hype that we did have around him. And I think it might be interesting. If he if Martin isn't fit for, throughout this season, obviously didn't feature in this game, yep. will Honey maybe roll into that high half-forward role? And if he can do what he did there, like a 6, 7 out of 10, kick a couple of goals, I think that's all you're needing. Um, who are the other yep. sort of um, fringe players that you wanted me to comment yeah. on? Yeah. Plowman was the other one where, yeah. you know, with, with all these three, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if we saw any of them in round one and then yeah. equally if they weren't near it either. Um, what's your feeling on him? Plowman was fine. Like, again, he wasn't exceptional, didn't do anything that badly. I think he's he could be an interesting player this season because of that Zach Williams injury, whether we look to bring him in to maybe play a bit more defensive to allow maybe a bit more cover for a Cowan or a Sin Cotter, someone mm. else to do a bit more running. I'm interested to see how that dynamic works. And it was actually quite funny. Yep. Um, <laughs> at one stage, we were having a bit of a discussion amongst the, ourselves at the game about Plowman. And all of us were like, don't really understand the, the hate Plowman gets here. And I think <laughs> Webby, Webby had the great call of hyping Plowman up as as he gets the ball and straight away kicks it out of bounds on the full. And that yeah. probably sums up like uh, what was going on with us. Every time we tried to hype up a player at the game, they obviously made a mistake and made us all look like idiots. But I think Plowman, mm. you probably don't want to have him starting because he's obviously not going to be best 22. He's that next kind of yep. depth down. But from what I saw again, he looked strong defensively and was absolutely fine. I'm, I don't think any of these fringe players necessarily will take that massive step this year and be like best 22, but if Mm. they can just play their role, which seems to be kind of what we were talking about last year, that next man up, play your role. That's how you win premierships really. So I think if they can play at an okay standard, we'll be fine. Yeah, completely agree. That, that was, I guess, yeah, the point of that for me, that if if any of those guys do have to play some minutes, it's not going to be an issue for me. Yeah, definitely. And was there anything else that kind of caught your eye? Because I thought like the big thing this offseason has been ball movement and transition. Mm. Did you see much difference in this game at all? <laughs> uh, I mean, I was a little frustrated, especially early on with the inside 50 entries. Mm. I don't know if you guys are talking about that at the game. Yeah. It just in a game where there's clearly less pressure, I feel like they're the times where you'd hope Mm. that it's a bit more targeted. And it felt like Collingwood were doing that, when, especially when they went on that that run. It just felt mm. like they were damaging every time they went in. And, all, and, and, you know, a very different perspective as well, watching it on that beautiful KO <laughs> coverage that I had um, compared to you at the game, where it just felt like there was so many times we were going to a three-on-one, um, mm. you know, or going really wide to a two-on-one. It's like, oh, I just, I, they're the kind of things that in a practice game yeah. I hope we get better looks. No, I think if now that that was definitely a big talking point amongst us at the game. Like we, mm. we thought the ball movement looked better at stages. We definitely looked to move it quick, get those handballs. There was a lot of those quick yep. 45 kicks inboard with those wingers being able to stay wide and create an option. A lot of times there was that that mm-hmm. switch of play or we had an option wide. That was really good. I didn't feel at times we really just went back to the cult of old of, okay, 
hold the ball for 10 minutes, long down the line. Hold the ball for 10 minutes, Agree. long down the line. It looked like there was a bit of change in that. But the big negative, if there was one, was still probably that final third play and execution. Firstly, mm. it's the conversion in front of goal. Like we had so many looks and it's mm. a preseason game. So do you get too critical about it all? But I think we spoke in our preview. Like we want to be that team that, Finishes games off early, like put the game to bed, give the team uh, opposition no chance of getting back into it. Really, foot on the throat, game's done. And like we could have done that to Collingwood multiple times, but we just didn't kick the goals. We didn't finish it. And then when we did get the ball transitioned up to that final third, the entry inside 50 wasn't amazing. As you said, there was multiple times where it was like, oh, there's like three Collingwood players and we just sort of kick it to the Carlton player in between them. Mm. Intercepted a fair few times and an interesting one that I noticed being at the game, then I'm not sure how it's actually going to go throughout the year, but I noticed mm. a lot of the time, like a Harry in particular, had pushed up super, super high up the ground, almost like occupying that wing spot at, at times. And that was good because we had almost him as an outlet, but then Harry was the one like running with the ball, trying to enter it into 50. And that for me was mm-hmm. a little bit of an issue. I'm going like, he's looked up and there's no one to kick to. Like he's the only one there and it probably goes back to what has been an issue for us or what feels like an issue where at so many times it it almost, yeah, it feels whenever we have the ball, we try so hard to get our goals and then immediately the opposition, it's like they have 10 guys out the back and they easily score a goal. And it's like, we've spent 20 minutes trying to get one. We got one and then you get one within two seconds. I think that's still something that needs to be worked on. Because, yeah, there was, there was multiple times we had the ball, we were out, and there was like four Collingwood players ready in defense and no one to kick to. So I think, yeah, that yeah. that's another element to work on. But, again, it is just preseason. There is still time to solve this. And and maybe there were elements that we were, you know, trying to nail other components and that wasn't something that we were looking at or sure. whether we tried something different and we've we've now got the footage to say, okay, this is where the error, the issue is this is how we need to fix it. But I, I guess we might see a bit more in that next game against Sydney. Yeah. No, I could be yeah, spot on. I, I I'm definitely don't want to be critical of, of it, but it was just like, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like you're more relaxed in the preseason. So that's why you're missing those goals. But also, you know, it's basically like yeah. training, having these shots mm. on goal. And also just some of the goals that come to mind were just so kind of unconvincing. Like yeah. the, Harry's one in the square. It was like there was four. <laughs> there was four guys there. He had no right to get that ball. Mm. Fisher's like no look right foot snap. Yeah, three Collingwood players, but Hewitt somehow ends up with it. It's like oh, okay, like don't know if these goals would actually happen in a proper game, but mm. yeah, there was definitely a lot of that. Almost like being too cute in the final third, and I feel like Fisher was probably one of the main culprits. I didn't think he had a great game, but. Mm. You know, we, we've seen the best of fish anyway, so I'm not reading too totally. much into it. But there was a lot of time where, yeah, you get the ball and it's, it's either just like put it to the top of the square, get get the hands off or, or go for the goals. And it was like, okay, I'll handball to you. And then what will you do? Oh, I'll handball to the next guy. And it's like, there's too much pressure, boys. Like you, this yeah, happens yeah. in a final. You're just going to turn the ball over. Like you can't be cute under pressure in your goal, in your, in your forward 50, you've got to be a lot smarter. Mm-hmm. So I think that's still the work in progress, but if they can nail that, like you've got Harry kicking three, four goals, you've got Charlie who can kick a bag. Like you get the ball in there fast enough. It's going to be amazing. And with the evolution mm-hmm. of these small forwards, 
that's definitely a big upside. Was there any other sort of main talking points at all that you sort of saw from this game at all? I think the one other thing that I'm just kind of watching is like the TDK factor. Yes. Because it kind of feels like, to me at least, the AFL community is kind of rating him higher than, mm. the, than the Carlton fans are. So I'm, I'm putting my expectations a little bit higher for him. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm expecting a jump from him this season. And, you know, we're going to talk about it more in our best 22 episode. But spoiler, I- I'm still of the belief that Pitt and him can mm. work in the same team and that TDK mm. is going to be able to add more of that forward line ability. Yeah. Um, so I was happy with how he went about mm. it yesterday. I felt like he was trying quite hard and obviously had a few highlights. But I'm optimistic that he is going to be able to hit those heights, those mm. high heights that we had set for yeah, him early yeah. on. And in the last year, it kind of feels like they've been cooled a little bit. Yeah, he definitely started the game hot. Like I, I remember the first like five minutes, everyone was going, can someone, you know, get the contract and run this out to him right now so we can get him signed up yeah. for the next 10 years? But probably, and it's, it's hard to know, like everyone's on managed minutes and things like that, but it felt like he really did dip after probably that first quarter or so and, Yep. Like, I know Murkov definitely got a bit more of a run late. And, I mean, you can touch on him if you if we want to. I, he was fine, but I still think he's yeah. obviously needs a lot more before he, we're definitely seeing him in that best sure. 22 at AFL level. The, the, the two rucks is still something I'm very unsure of. I think I want to see mm-hmm. Pitt and TDK in there and just what they can do at times when TDK floats around the ball, like he's so, so good at he trying to take mark of the year every time. And he seems to nail so many of them that it does give me hopes that he can float down into that forward line, but you're almost going to need that other Ruckman to be doing a lot more as well when they're involved. And Murkov probably wasn't that, but, but maybe Pitt no. can be. Um, but yeah, I think high expectations now for deconing him or Pitnet. One of them has to stand up this year, like both out of contract. <sighs> We've got to figure out by the end of this season which one of these is our number one and then what are we doing with the other? Because I don't yep. think, and maybe this goes back to how I'm sitting with the two Ruckman, I don't think it's the best long-term solution with those two in particular. I've, maybe this is a hot take for that we should okay. be saving for the next episode, but yeah, no, I, I feel as if we've almost got to select one of them and then decide like I don't want to be going into next season and it's still being like which one's the number one Ruckman how's it gonna Mm. fit like there needs to be no question marks on our Ruck department and how it's all gonna sit going in definitely into next season so I think this year is a big one for both of them no I agree for I guess for me the optimism is just about the sample size that we've seen of them properly playing Mm. together yeah, we can get more into yeah. the best 22 because I've got some ammunition prepared for you. So it sounds like we might have a little bit of an argument, which is a bit off-brand, which is good. Tune in. It's, it's about time. I, I want to see, you we know, do. some fists flying across the, these screens amongst the two of us. Um, but it. look, the only other thing I think I really noticed that we probably haven't touched on, which is maybe a bit weird because I think one of these plays that I mentioned was probably best on ground for us. And that was the midfield yep. in itself. And that was, you know, Adam Chera. He's someone that... Mm-hmm. I am pretty high on for this season, hoping that he can take that little next step. We probably didn't see the best of him last year and what we probably expected for him to come across from Frio with Walsh out and what we saw in that round 23 game. I think he's he's started back on what we saw in that back end of last year. Really exciting stuff. He was around everything, silky with his handball, good ball yep. movement. And then, you know, I mean, Kennedy and Hewitt for me as well, just everyone it seemed like i kept hearing this from everyone that was bumping into us was 
gee, we would have won those last two rounds if we had both oh. of those guys out there. And it was just like, no we would have. Like, obviously, no whole doubt. other discussion. We've finished that chat for now. But, like, just <laughs> I think Hewitt is, like, my favorite player now. Just the way he goes about it, that yeah. just tough footballer, nine out of ten every single week. Oh, and what him and Kennedy were doing, it just gets me excited about just the potential of what we can do. That beautiful clearance where Kennedy like rolls off the opponent and then just launches it. I'm like, oh, this is what I'm excited about for this season. This midfield yeah. with that cripper little on his hands and knees shovel out. Yeah, oh, there's just there's so much to like about that midfield crop. And I'm hoping they can all just gel a bit more this year and every single one of them just keeps firing. Yeah, no, that's a great. Great takeaway. And maybe I'll hit you with a little bit of a hot take here. And I have no data to back this up. But there's just something about... I love having Chera in yes. the CBAs. Mm. There's just something about when it's Cripps, Hewitt, and Kennedy as the three. Mm. I just don't love it. It just doesn't feel like the right yeah. mix to me. So I my, my ideal is two of those three and then... You got Chera yeah. or Walsh or mm. I, even Doc brings something different in there, which I'm still kind of excited mm. about us tinkering with that. But we've got a lot of different combinations we, that we can work yes. with, which is very exciting. Like six elite mm. guys that can roll through there. We're pretty privileged. Yeah, we've definitely come a long way, a long way in that space. And I agree. I think that you need like two of them and then you need that more like outside kind of guy, whether it's Chera, Walsh, yeah. whether that's it. Even a Doherty, I think just the way he disposes the ball out of those CBAs gets it forward. A Fisher at times probably didn't see that in this sure. game, which I'm maybe interested how that plays out, whether they they don't see him being in there a lot or, or whatever it is. Mm. But I think sometimes we see the best out of Fisher when he does pinch hit in there and add a bit of a spark for five minutes. So, Agreed. yeah, I mean, there's still so many question marks going into this season around who starts where. And, and one of those... Is that halfback Zach Williams spot? Uh, what mm. did you make of your sort of first glimpse of, of Lockie Cowan and Sin Cotter into that role? Did you did you were you impressed yeah. with them at all? Yeah, for sure. Uh, particularly Cowan. I think there's definitely something there. Like he was composed. He's a bit different to the other guys that mm. we've got back there. Like, th- yeah. Look, I, I can see why you've made the early call of him being your man because yes, yeah. And like I said earlier, I think. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he will impact this season at some point. And if he did get mm. the go for round one, I would support that as well. Sin Connor, um, like, yeah, sure. D- didn't blow me away, but I, I think he showed enough as to why he deserved to, you know, be with this group. And again, I, I could, I could see him getting a go mm. this year. Yeah. I mean, interesting. I, I mean, this is a, a disagreement. I actually thought, Maybe I'm in in the wrong. Maybe others disagree. So no. let us know in the comments. Let tweet at us. Whatever it is, wherever you're listening to this, who did you who do you have as the number one out of Chin Cotter and um, Cowan? Because I actually I have mm. Sin Cotter higher actually from that game. As in slightly. going into the season, you mean, or from just yeah, this game? like from that game and as currently as it stands, okay. I have him over him, which is interesting. I thought that his attack and hunger was something that I really really did like thought he was skillful mm. with the ball i was a bit more impressed and maybe it was because my expectation was a little bit lower on him going into the game that might have been sure. it so he exceeded a little bit higher but i was really impressed with how he was able to go at the level because i get it he's 26 is that little bit older but it's almost when you've been at a lower standard for so long trying to then jump up 
how mm. difficult is that leap? Because you've almost gotten used to For what sure. that lower level is and the pace of it. But I, I thought that he definitely added that attack and, and hunger. And then, I mean, Cowan definitely showed the like highlight reel. Like he obviously has that higher ceiling, that absolute yeah. turn out and like 80 meter bomb down. So I think it was Harry that takes the mark. You're just like, that is why like he could be genuine like superstar because of those like little things that he has yeah. above others. But uh, maybe if you're wanting that slightly more experienced, slightly more ready, I think cotter has got that. But I mean, it's going to be an interesting battle to see mm. who takes out that spot because I think both really did well and put their hand up and good luck making a selection out of those two. So yeah, are you calling it now? Is is Sincotta going to be playing round one, you reckon? I think at the moment, yes, I have him over. Probably because I have Hollands wow. in there. And this might be stupid, but I think only maybe one sort of sure. under 18 sort of debut for those guys. And then have yeah. a bit more of that experienced body in Sincotta down back. I like it. Exciting. Yeah. Plenty of options. It, it, it definitely is. And uh, look, I'm going to pivot slightly, maybe slightly away from the, the game itself, okay. even though it was a feature of this game. And look, I haven't really brought this up with you, Lockie. So I'm going a bit rogue, going a little bit rogue, but uh, I love there's it. A segment, there's a segment that away. I'd love to launch. And look, because there's just, I found the perfect example of what I want from this segment. I guess we'll see if it sticks. <laughs> this may not even make the air. This may not ever be seen again. It might be a one and done, but I've got the confidence in it. So I'm hoping that that can come out and, the segment okay. is the Navy Blue Corner Hall of Fame. Ba- the basic premise of this, each week we find something somewhat footy related and we induct it into the Hall of Fame. Now, this isn't a match-winning goal. I don't want to see your Jack Nunes goals. I don't want to see an absolute mm. screamer. I want okay. something a lot more niche. I want something a bit stupid, a bit weird, funny that you've spotted at the game. It could be a fan in the crowd. It could be something part of the game. But this was the cool. perfect way to launch this. And so, look, Lockie... As it is, the Hall of Fame. Here we go. We've got to, you know, spruce <laughs> things up a little bit. The tie's on. The tie is on here. We're getting very crops. fancy for this. Oh, mate, we've got to go all out for this segment. If I'm launching this thing now, I've got to go oh, all out. So it's, it's a very fancy. Very suave. Mate, maybe should have gone black tie for the event. Maybe we'll do that in the future. But This is pre-season, mate. We're warming up. <laughs> Gee, this now, is big. It is. Because I would like to induct the inaugural inductee into the Navy Blue Corner Hall of Fame is whatever was going on with Ed Kerno and that sunscreen. That was yeah, the best worthy. thing I have ever seen. Like the man looked like a ghost out there. I could not believe my eyes. I hope you've seen it. Um, if you haven't, yeah. I'm going to put it on the screen now, but there is a big you know, warning on this one because if there's any kids out there, you may get nightmares from what you're about to witness. Now, what is Ed Kerno? Like, I'm all about being sun smart. There's mm-hmm. being sun smart, and then there's almost doing white face. I don't know what that is, but <laughs> do we? Because look, I'm looking at this. I love it. Love to see it. Ed is a, yeah. is a character at the best of times. But I, maybe I'm going too deep into this. Could this almost be a thing going forward? Like, you know, oh. whether the sun's out or not. Night games. <laughs> night game at Marvel, Rushard, Ed Kerno. Got the sunscreen oh. on head to toe and almost use it like as an intimidation tactic. You know, we've got New Zealand mm. doing the hucker before the game. Ed Kerno, first center bounce with that sunscreen on. I reckon that's going to horrify some opposition. What do you I reckon like about it. our first inductee into the Hall of Fame? A very worthy inductee, that's for sure. I've got some some thoughts off the top of my head here. Um, I mean, it's been a big 
summer for sunscreen for me. Yes. It's been a it's been a real focal point of my summer. And the issue that I have, which I feel like could be part of Ed's tactics here, is I'm shocking making sure it's all rubbed in. <laughs> I've always got little bits somewhere. It's like someone will point it out, like, oh, you didn't rub it in behind your ear or whatever. If you just go all in with the lather, <laughs> there's no there's no missing anything. This is who I am. You can't miss it if you haven't even tried. Exactly. <laughs> so that could be something that I might try and implement. The other thing is I feel like, you know, when was the last time we saw him on the park? I feel like mm. this could just be his once off. Like, what can I do to make sure the footy world remembers that I'm still here? And th- and this was his tactic. It could have been anything, but he went with the full sunscreen face. This is going to get some memeage. I'm back. Look, look, I think this could be the new fluoro boots because – Back then, that was a way to highlight your skills, stand out with all the recruiters and things like that. But now everyone's got the fluoro boots. The full white sunscreen face is the best way to stand out. Maybe this is a hot take, but if if he's able to do that every week, could we see a Brownlow medal just because the umpire's like, well, all I can remember was Ed Kerner. I just kept seeing that that face around me. And and maybe that's a smart way to do it. But yes, I... Uh, hopefully that is a segment that sticks around. We'll all see. Maybe next week we'll we'll have uh we'll have Lockie in the full suit, full tuxedo. Oh yeah, ready for the uh ready for the launch to see what he's bringing to it. But this is one I want you guys listening to get involved as well. If you see something stupid, weird throughout the week, footy related. Again, I don't want it to be the big moments. I want it to be something stupid. So let us know if you've got anything you can enter into the Hall of Fame because almost you know I'll take the tie off because almost pivoting to end this. We've almost got to talk about the Hall of Shame because if we're going to do an inductee. <laughs> Can I ask you one quick question just on the segment, please? Just a question yes, from the yes. peanut gallery here. Um, is there, what, what's, the, what's the long-term plan of this? Are we going to have like a, a Hall of Fame of the year? Like, is there going to be well, that, a countdown? That could what, be what are we thinking? Well, I, well that, that, that you, you've clearly, you know, expecting too much of me to think I've got this fully pledged manifesto plan well, around this segment. I'm going. I'm going week in, week out for this one. But I okay. think that there is there is a potential to have a Hall of Famer of the Year, or, or maybe okay. we even have a ceremony. We get Ed Kerno down and and hand him that mm. sunscreen for the, for the ceremony itself. But <laughs> it's it's very it's very up to the uh, to the listeners, up to us to figure this one out. Okay. But very soft launch. But as I was saying, we've, we've probably touched on this a little bit. But if we're having a Hall of Shame. Going on to whatever KO have done here with their preseason stuff. And it's all round because I sent out a tweet that some people may have seen about the coverage. And I had multiple people start to talk to me about different games. They didn't realize I was talking about the Carlton Collingwood game because other games have been just as bad. But I mean, like, firstly, you've got like, you're telling me in 2023, no one can get an HD camera at the ground. I mean, the AFLW have one. We're being pretty cheap and stingy with that because, like, know your market firstly. Like, you've got the only people that are watching this one are your diehard supporters that if, you know, your team's playing a game of markers up in bloody Bangladesh and some 14-year-old's filming it and putting it on Twitch, we're watching it. Like, we're that diehard. We'll watch anything. And the only other people that are watching this are your, your fantasy super coach obsessed. So, like, yes. you know, we, we want a bit of quality on this and we particularly want quality when it comes to commentating. <laughs> Because my word, what did we have to listen to there? I feel sorry for you that actually just could only watch it um, on the KO stream. Like, if you, if you, I don't want to go too harsh, but like, if you're going to have an AFLW player from Collingwood there, like, that's fine. Yeah. Go for it. You know, get that bag, chase your dreams, go for the broadcast oh, and stuff. I'm all yeah. for it. But maybe just, you know, 
don't be completely biased and stop calling players by their nicknames every two seconds. I think oh, that was I what was me. doing my head in the, oh, Coxie gets it out. Oh, that Nikki was really Dikes. lovely there from, from, from Tommy. Oh, Tommy. Like, mate, his name's Tom Mitchell. Have an ounce of professionalism. And I think the one that, the one that rocked me, like, I get it. Still side bottom. That's fine. Great player. Maybe call him Sidey if you're going to go there. She called him Steelo. Oh, Steelo. Mate. It's like it's like that one person that's like pretends that and like tries to make out that they're mates with everyone and starts using the nicknames like in the group. And it's like, mate, you don't know these people. Like stop acting like you're mates with them. Uh, it was it was embarrassing, I'll be honest. And I think we sort of mentioned a little bit before we started recording. I think you nailed it, Lucky. Like if you're gonna have the biased Collingwood person. Get the yeah. biased Carlton one in there. Like you may as well yeah. have just had Swoop Luke in the bloody commentary box because it was just like a Collingwood fest. Like get get someone else in there to just start spruiking Carlton and go and have a back and forth. Like that would liven up the commentary box for a preseason game, I reckon. Get get the fans in there. <laughs> Firstly, you, you said <laughs> I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. I, I tried to I, I tried to scoop through that one. I, 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 but, Okay. Firstly, you said I'm not going to yes. go too hard. We've, we've been here for about eight minutes talking about this. <laughs> I thought I was listening to Buddy Caro's Arrow or something here. Yeah. So this, okay. So is this going to be a new segment as well? You absolutely launching against someone. Um, it feels like oh, it, it already has been a segment throughout the uh, the long podcast here. It seems like I guess it has. There is a there is an abuse coming someone's way from myself, and unfortunately, it goes towards the commentary team in this one. Like, I don't know it, it felt like we weren't yeah. even out there at one stage. It was it was bad. So yeah, that one. Yeah, that one is is all I want to talk about on that one. Even though I've spoken for about thirty minutes on it, but um, no. I mean, the, the, I, I the guess, main takeaway yes. the main takeaway for me on that is just. You know, you tweeting on your personal account again and getting some traction. I know. I know. Normally, if you've if you've got a big one, it's like let me get the navy blue corner account out. We got all the followers there, get some traction. But you're like, no, this is going to deliver on the personal. Congrats, mate! Getting some good numbers. Uh, look, you know, the reason I did was I was I was a little bit wary of abuse coming back my way. Or, or was it, is this a bit too controversial? I was like, oh, I'll sa- save the uh, the safe stuff for the for the podcast one, and I'll, I'll co- sure. I'm happy to cop the abuse my way. Um, but look, I respect that. We got the win, which was great to see. We didn't bottle it this time, um, which I know there was a lot of nervous people around, even though it was preseason. Like, oh no, I've seen this story again. We're not going to hold on here and win this, but we're able to get yeah. the win. Saw some positive highlights from the wingers and some of the young guys coming through. Uh, I guess the last thing I want to touch on, we've obviously got another one coming up against Sydney, a little bit more of a professional outfit. We'll have some proper coverage of this one like we did last year for that sort of Melbourne game. We hope, fingers crossed. Uh, (laughs) Is there anything that you're wanting to see from the next game in particular? That is a really hard question. You go first. Fair enough. That yeah, always handle it back off to me. But um, yeah, a one-two. I want to see probably Pitnet out there if he's good to yep. go for one. He obviously gets that hit out in that twos game to get a bit more fitness before he's sort of ready to jump into the ones. As I'd said at the top of it, I want to see him and TDK out there, and I'm hoping that we do get me too. a intercept defender out there. It's probably another one of those issues of yes. not having a Marchbank or a McGovern. Clearly, we want to play with that interceptor. We've got a few of them on the list. How is that going to look? And if neither of them are available, there's been a bit of chatter about, you know, a Sam Durden impressing in training and things like that. Do they yes. look at bringing him in and Lewis Young plays that, you know, 
intercept a mm. third tall role. Like I, I want to know like a bit closer to what our team's going to look like and structure towards that round one. Um, and, and yeah, I, yeah, I mean, we've still got, we've still got a few injuries. So it'll be interesting to see if anyone else can make it back. Does Martin come in? What's his role look like? Durden and always missed still a few question marks, I guess, best 22 wise. What's that Definitely. forward line look like on with the smalls? So I'm excited to see the progression in maybe what we can see from those smalls and will any others yep. maybe stick out and kick a few goals in the preseason. I think that's a really good point. Yesterday has given me more questions about best 22 <laughs> than it did answering them. Yep. So maybe that would be something nice for next week. Um, another like just kind of interesting guy, I guess, is Sauce. Yeah. Because... I can't remember mm. if we talked about this on the air or not, but just where he's going to be sitting at the end of this season. Like if mm. we do say we do see that, you know, okay, Pitt is the number one guy, but TDK has taken that leap yeah. with, with kind of forward craft. Where does that kind mm. of leave him? And he didn't impress me a whole lot yesterday. Not that, you know, we're not judging anyone yeah. that didn't have a big game yesterday, but just let's see what he puts out there next mm. week and, whether that kind of Harry, Charlie, and Sauce. Yeah, not sure whether that yeah. will be where we're at the end of the season. So give me something this week, mm. Sauce. Yeah, it's his goal kicking that still lets him down for me. He yeah. do- does a lot of good work up the ground, takes some marks, pushes up, does the little things. But if he's not kicking goals and he's missing those easy chances that he's almost a bit prone to doing, then, yeah, if, if you know, a deconing steps up, starts to take that role, or all the smalls are functioning really well together, Definitely put some yeah. question marks on him. Another one who's who's out of contract at the end of the year. Definitely wanting to see him sort of really cement his role in that team. And I guess we'll, we'll find out soon where that all sits. But look, that's yeah. going to wrap this episode up here. Thanks for listening. That is our first practice match done and dusted. Plenty more to come. Plenty more match reviews for the season. It is good to be back. We'll see you guys next time.